Listening Dog Media. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Athletic. Hello, I'm with you for a very special edition of the Offside Rule. It's me, Kate Borsay, and as usual, I'm with my two pals, Sky Sports News, Queen of the Screen, Hayley McQueen. Woohoo! Hi! And uh, she's always in the car. She travels near and far. It's sports <laughs> broadcaster for the Premier League and Sky Sports and many more, Lindsay Hooper. Hello! Listen, today we're doing something a little bit different. We're marking the 10th anniversary of the Offside Rule by reflecting on the last decade. We're going to look at where we were 10 years ago, some of the challenges that we faced and where we are now, how our lives have changed, how the industry's changed. Are we in a better place or or just a different space? We'll also be joined in a short while by the Athletics' Laura Williamson and Harriet Drudge. So stay tuned for them. Before we get stuck in, a quick reminder, you can subscribe to us via your your favourite podcasting platform. Uh, we're on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and our brilliant website is OffsideRulePodcast.com where we champion new writers and interesting opinions. All right then, Hayley and Lindsay, mm. should we go back 10 years to start this off to 2012? That summer, England were knocked out of the Euros by Italy on penalties. The London Olympics had just finished. And for many, the Lionesses had arrived. And then there was us three, mm. all working at Sky Sports. And and feeling what, Lindsay? I think, um, to begin with, feeling grateful, I think, that we were all there. But then after a few different events that happened at Sky at that time, I think we all realised that we didn't really have much of an opinion. And we used to share so many conversations about football in those makeup chairs, didn't we, mm. when we were getting ready for work. The magic room. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just nice getting to know each other, first of all. So I suppose the friendship was starting, but we also had football in common. And that's what a lot of people do, isn't it? Up and down the country, it's a huge part of people's lives and their friendships, and they talk about football. That was exactly the same with us. And on a personal level, was there frustration there? You t- talked about not really being allowed to have an opinion. Well, I think we should address the fact that, you know, Hayley has been on Sky for so, so many years and many people will know who you are. I don't think many people would know that, Kate, you and I even work there. So I think we should say that because yeah. um, we were definitely all experiencing different things and different challenges at that time. And the world has definitely moved on uh, in that decade. I just haven't moved on. I just decided to stay there. <laughs> that chair is just too darn comfortable. <laughs> and you two went and spread your wings. Oh, but and you suit it so fun. much. And then I've come back. Yeah. But that's interesting. And also, I spoke to you before going mm. back to say, look, has it changed quite a lot? Back because, to yeah. Sky Sports. Yeah, back to Sky then. Sports. Because, Kate, I think for you and I in particular, we had a few frustrations. You know, we... we were told either that we didn't look right or that we needed to work on different areas of our knowledge mm. um and I, yeah it's a frustrating time we were too forthright i think we were told um, that yeah. yeah which would work now 
but not then. No. So back then, let's 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 take ourselves back there again. At that time, the women had to wear dresses that matched the men's tie on air. It was always a double act. Lindsay and I, I should say, didn't do Sky Sports News on the TV. We did the online bulletins, mm. very different, on our own, recorded in a small studio, up a couple of floors with no glamorous <laughs> we, we were breaking new frontiers, Kate. Digital yeah. we're was going huge. digital <laughs> frontiers. But we were quite separate, really. And we were yes, kind we were. of not bought in through the back door, but we were working for a company that was bought by Sky Sports. And that's how we ended up there, really. I think if I'm quite frank much to the annoyance sometimes of of one of the big bosses there who didn't hire us but yet we were fronting sports bulletins with his brand on it and I think that there was a bit of conflict there because of that not not because of us although we were forthright we couldn't understand why we weren't getting opportunities there Hayley for you we met in the mm. makeup room mm. didn't we and I made an approach an illegal, well, no, it wasn't really illegal. Brown envelope. No brown envelope involved. There was. There was. Um, but I remember Definitely. meeting you for the first time mm. or just getting getting to know you in that makeup room. What was going on for you and your career at that time? Well, I had been at Sky four years previous or, or actually four years before I, I, I went back. So I was there in 2006. I'd worked behind the scenes, working kind of in production, doing sort of other jobs elsewhere, up and down the country working at Sky and I was just yeah, basically reading the auto cue through the night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. But this was a dream job, right? It wasn't really that much of a dream because I thought, well, I've, I've studied, I've worked really hard. I want to interview people. I want to get out and about. I want to use my skills. I want to grow and develop. And I wasn't really doing that there. I was also told that my, my accent was a little bit quirky, like it is. Who knows where I'm from? Not even I know where I'm from, okay? Um, I've been around a bit. That's why she has three football teams. That's it, yeah. Um, and I actually left. It was, it, was a, and it was the best thing I ever did. I've gone back, and again, that's the best thing I ever did by returning. But I went back when I was ready, when I was more confident, when I could... Do you remember like in the old days when you used to leave, you say, hi, this is Hayley, please leave a message. Now you have some fancy voice leaving it for you on the phone right I, I used to hate the sound of my own voice couldn't stand myself on screen because I was doing overnights it was pre-recorded so I would get home so and see myself now it's back. live it's been and it's gone and it's done and it's finished and um, I was working in a pair with another presenter they would always get the biggest stories anything that was ad-lib was given to them I was never given it even if I'd sat there and studied and put all my notes together about this particular thing that we were about to break or whatever it would always have been given to the male that is completely it doesn't happen anymore and I'm, I'm anchoring on my own now on Sky Sports so that's been the biggest change but I went away to work for a club channel Manchester United, MUTV, yeah. which is the best thing I ever did. And I'd returned to Sky, had a year under my belt before I met, met, met you two. And I was really lucky in this, in this 10 years after that, from 2012 till now. I mean, I've, I've, I've dipped my toe in all kinds of waters, presented mm. Scottish Premiership, presented Champions League before Sky unfortunately lost the rights. Um, you went I, out to a World Cup? Yeah, yeah, I've been to two World Cups which was great, covered the Euros, mm. which happened to be in London, which was yeah. handy because I didn't have to worry about childcare. So you'd been away, yeah. um, and although that might have seemed like a harsh decision at the time, mm. you took yourself away really to go and earn your stripes yep. in terms of presenting and then come back and start your career again at Sky Sports. And that's and that's when we met you. Lynn, you'd been toying around, I know, with a few different formats for the offside rule in the six mm -hmm. months prior to us sort of properly launching it. Um, why was it so important to get it right? And and then also to commit to making it every week. I think it's worth pointing out as well that my background was very different. I came from radio, so I'd been broadcasting in radio, in commercial radio for about six years before I moved into sports television. So I did shows on places like Kiss in London and Heart FM Network and um, those those radio stations have all evolved and changed, but my local radio station where I, where I grew up, Beacon Radio, my first weekend show was in Peterborough, a station called Herowood FM, which doesn't exist anymore. But that was the the background. It was audio. So I came in and um, and wanted to make sure that I kept in with audio in some way. I think the radio landscape was really changing back then. Everything was becoming networked, nationalised. And I just felt that there was maybe for my time, which I was still really very young, I'd got more opportunity to move into TV. And, and I always felt as well with my love for sport that TV was more visual. I've always felt like that. Mm. I love listening to sport on the radio, but I, I wanted to be there and watching it and, and being a pitch side reporter was always the, the dream really. But I, I felt that 
I didn't want to leave radio behind. And because I was immersed in that world, I knew a lot of radio geeks and they were all talking about podcasting way before anyone else. Some some guys that I went to university with were already experimenting and I just thought, this is great. This is the future. It's the future. <laughs> it's, it's probably the only yeah, time yeah, in my life. I think that because I don't think I'd heard... I don't think I'd really heard about podcasts until you said... Oh, I always believed in it, yeah. Do you want to be on my show? <laughs> exactly like that. She's, she's do, you mean, do you mean that I still have my black country accent back then? <laughs> do you want and to be on did, my show, Kate? It doesn't I'll, sound I'll like get you on if you like. Um, uh, so you started talking to me um, uh, about the podcast. You did a few different um, iterations of it. And one bit that you really liked, I know, was the round table section Well, not just of it. me. So mm. one person that I'd work with in radio is a really talented producer called Heather. And you met Heather as Heather well. Davis, yeah. Heather Davis and Heather was working for the Trevor Dan company back then and they had a listen to our podcast we did a few episodes and it began with a section whereby there was this round table in the middle there was an interview with someone in the world of football and then an interview with someone from the world of media in football and Heather just said to me look the thing that I really love is the three of you chatting around that round table section in the middle that's not what we haven't got anywhere else we can get interviews we can get them even on you know sky sports news and places that we were Mm. working there were interviews there if people wanted them but she said i haven't heard this i haven't heard three women who are friends have got that rapport talking about football so that's the bit that i would expand and and that's why we we turn that into the offside rule yeah um all based on well it actually used to be called the offside rule we get it yes we've been able to drop the we get it that's how things have moved on yeah Mm. and that's people know that we Big do get sign. It. So it was basically inspired by the Keys and Grey incident on Sky Sports, um, where they accused a female lineswoman of not knowing the offside rule, Sean Massey. Massey and she Ellis, did. As she is now. And she actually and she got it right. Not, know it. not enough was made of the fact that not only did she, on that occasion where she was accused of not knowing it, get that decision right, which I just felt never, ever got enough mm. publicity, the fact that she was correct. But she actually went on to have some of the best statistics in terms of assistant referees in the Premier League up and down the EFL, she was holding everyone else to account. Mm, Her mm. numbers were fantastic. Thinking about it now, is it not really cheeky that we called it the offside rule? We get it whilst working at Sky Sports, Lindsay. (laughs) Well, we we quickly left, didn't we, after a while? But yeah. (laughs) Maybe that was why. Yeah. Um, So so the podcast arrived. You know, from from my perspective, I'd come into sports journalism really by accident. I'd trained as an actress and started working at Talk Sport through default through another company that I was presenting for, really enjoyed presenting, ditched the acting, and then decided that I was good at the sports stuff and I really wanted to pursue it. And I was being taken seriously for it, I think, as well, whereas some of the other presenting was sort of game show based. And that was... There wasn't much seriousness And you were a real natural. You were yeah, really is. natural. No, and, and you you also want to recognise the other talent around you. And I think that's something else that we did. We And we all offer something slightly different, which is also why I, I really like the combo of the Go three Go on then, of us. elaborate. Well, Hayley, we know, is calm personified and such a brilliant host. I just think you do it effortlessly. Thanks. And I, I think so many people who think that it's easy would just have the shock of their lives and not realise what's going on in your mm. ear, how many mm. voices you're listening to when you ad-lib. You are just across it. You're so calm. And I get that now because we actually do a Thursday together yeah. each week and I just know that Hayley, I would be panicking a lot more. Sky, isn't it? Yeah, I would be panicking a lot more than yeah. Hayley does. Um, and that's just working out your strengths as well. I do love studio hosting. I think Hayley is a natural studio host. That's mm-hmm. definitely where I'm best at, for sure. You're, you're, you're brilliant oh. at it. I like doing it. I like to be able to show that I can do it but my forte is definitely on the road yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and uh you have the miles to prove it um as well but you know even (laughs) even from a young age you were thrown in lower league football matches you were thrown all over the place lots of different sports lots of different um different different ranges of levels of football and you Oh, I've always coped with that really, really well. What what my kind of favourite thing about you is you have a different sense of calm in that you you don't turn down anything. You don't turn down anything because you think I might not be able to do that or I'm not sure I've got enough knowledge to do that. You are brave and you blag in the best way if you can see the compliment behind <laughs> Blagger, that. Yeah. yeah, you are. And, and, and so many women don't have that. So many women, including no, myself, I, I have turned down work because I think I'm not good enough for that. That is something that I used to have. But then we also have to remember that we've we've aged 10 years and I'm certainly not the same person that I was 10 years ago. But in terms of being here and sat around this table with you, yes, I probably mm. have got that from being brave. Yeah. One of my best friends would describe me as brave and gutsy. But yeah. I think that does go that does go away a little 
so the Offside Royal is launched. Mm-hmm. We commit to it on a weekly basis. We meet at Sky Sports. We hide in rooms, mm-hmm. under desks, under children's duvets mm-hmm. at some points over the next few years, getting this podcast made. Slightly against the sort of, um, well, sli- slightly against the wish of, of, of a few people at Sky Sports, I should say. We kept it on the download, but we were proud of it because we were exercising our voices and our opinions. Um, what was the reception like to the first few episodes or the first six months, let's just say, Linz? I would say that in the first, we could even expand that to the 12-month period, the first 12 months when podcasting was still pretty low-key. Mm-hmm. You had to really be into audio and seeking it out to find it. But what that brought with it was an audience that felt very exclusive and underground. And there were our early audience that used to engage with us. It was a cult like, audience. Yeah, they felt like they were the only ones that knew about it <laughs> mm-hmm. and that it was theirs. Mm-hmm. And um, there was definitely that factor to it that they they found something that other people weren't listening to at that time. Mm, yeah. um, but the reaction was really good. I think we... As a collective, actually, we haven't done too bad on that front on ter- in terms of social media and trolling. Um, I don't think either of you can say that you've no, experienced anything no. too bad. I've never had that get back in the kitchen comment at all, really. And I feel lucky for that. Look, we've done, you know, so much over the last decade. Uh, we've broadcast an episode live to YouTube from Wembley Stadium. We've been to two World Cups, a few That is Euros. still the best thing that I've ever blagged in my life. If you're going to bring out the blagger episode, <laughs> yes. blagging Wembley Stadium is the best thing I've ever managed to do. Um, we've won some brilliant awards <laughs> Thank you, Scott well. Field. Um, but look, it's not just been sunshine and ponytails, has it? There have been challenges along the way for the podcast and also for us professionally as well. So um, give me a high point and a low point, if you can, um, to do with you or the podcast um, over the last decade. Hayley? Gosh, um, I'll start with the negative so I can end on the high. And probably for me, having a baby and navigating COVID and trying to figure out childcare and having a relationship where my other half perhaps doesn't really understand my job, understand the pressures and the research and the work that has to go into something and the headspace that you have to be in when you record a podcast. On many occasions, I think I was like on the verge of an actual break, like genuinely on the verge of having mm. a bit of a breakdown. I know I had really terrible postnatal sort of anxiety. I wouldn't call it depression, but it was definitely anxiety. My hormones were all over the place. And all I was doing at the time was literally just trying to record a one hour podcast. And I sometimes felt like I couldn't cope. It was really overwhelming. And I'd remembered the one thing that one of your best skills is, Kate, you're very good at multitasking. We call Kate Wonder Woman. We do. We do. Because you've had so many changes in your life. But I remember- So many children. Yeah. (laughs) I remember when, when you were pregnant with, with with Molly and I remember when you had Arthur and you would just you would stride across from East London and head to my little place over in, in, in Chiswick which is where I was at the time you do it so coolly and effortlessly when po- Kate was pregnant with Arthur because she didn't want to waste the maternity yeah. time or or certainly your pregnancy time you mm-hmm. decided to do a master's yeah that's Kate <laughs> yeah that's Kate and that you, just sums it up and I, I remember because I was I have Ayla and I was at home and I had my other half and I was like I can't even pull myself together to try and record a podcast. And I mm. had visions of you striding across London, getting on buses oh, and tubes God, but and but then throwing that Arthur feels into a- damaging as well because because mm. because sometimes you can sometimes you can set the wrong level of expectation. Um, and also there there is no greater privilege for me than being able to share those moments with you when both Linz and I are on the end of a Zoom call because this yeah. was largely during COVID and we can we can sense that sense that you're really struggling. And we're very privileged that you were able to share those moments yeah. for which us I in didn't that with space. Even best friends, but it was because you could normally you just I would mask well, away issues, yeah. and you could, and it was a really stressful, horrible mm. time. Mm. And I, I, I wouldn't want to go back there now. It was a really dark place. I'm still get anxiety now, mm. and I'm I think it's because I am such a calm, chilled out person. You can throw anything at me. I'm like, it's fine. What will be, will be. It's fine. We'll figure it out. And I just felt like I was out of control and that there was something else taking over. And the podcast actually gave me a a wonderful friendship. We're really lucky. I call you two, you know, you're, you're, you're up there in... You're my top 10. Only kidding. No, you're, you're some of the best friends I've got and I'm really, really lucky. And I guess that's one of the high points that I've made 
such good friends and I can talk to you about so support much network. more and there is that support network and I think that's how the industry has changed as well mm. I've got incredible there are wonderful women who work in my industry Sky 10 years ago was quite a not a bitchy place but there were competitive it was very competitive mm. and you felt it and mm. I'm not I don't deal very well with that it doesn't it's not like that now it absolutely isn't and there are other women in the industry who don't even work for yeah. Sky who very much have each other's back and I think that's what we what I've, we've got I mean part of the you know managing whilst pregnant conversation is that I went back to work five weeks after I had Molly um because I was afraid of someone taking my job yeah mm. Yeah. And, and I was self-employed and that was really the kind of mainstay of my work. And it was three or four days a week. And I thought to myself, I can't be off for longer than six weeks in total mm. um, because someone will take my job. Yeah. I might not have had the maternity issue to think about, but I've, and, and I think that would be even more compounding. I can't believe that you've managed to both navigate that because I know with you and I, Kate, we've really looked out for each other because at one point, being truly freelance, I suppose that's the difference between us and Haley because you were always in a, a fixed contract, whereas we were scrambling around for work for many years, is that there is that fear that if you don't do something and someone else fills in, then you're never going to do it again. Mm -hmm. And also just making ends meet. You know, I'd come down to London after university um, from a very working class background and couldn't afford to move to London straight away for rent. So I've had people help me along the way. Did you move in with a vicar? Was that... Not a no. vicar, no. Where did you get No, I had... Um, I think that was another friend of mine. <laughs> I, I, I moved in with a friend from university who helped give me some, some low rent just outside London for the first few years. And that was really lovely of him. Without him, I wouldn't have been able to start on the journey. And then later on, my former PE teacher's uh, friend's mum, uh, Mary, let me stay <laughs> with her. Mary. Yeah, Hail not Mary. A Hail Mary. She wasn't, Hail yeah, she Mary. wasn't a vicar. Yeah. Um, but... I, it's all those things and, and struggles that you have to try and, to and juggle. But I know, and I wanted to just say about you that when I went up, I was doing a few days at Liverpool Football Club oh, I remember because that. I had yeah. to do that because I'd left Sky and I didn't know. I'd just bought my first flat and I didn't know how I was going to pay. I'd had a little tiny bit of inheritance because unfortunately my nan had passed away and I didn't know I was going to make rent. And I left the job at Chelsea TV and introduced you to go there to mm. do some work. And then... Liverpool stopped and times were still bad and this is the sort of person Kate is when Kate got the call to say can you come and do some more work at Chelsea she went have you asked Lindsay first because she's back she's back in London wants mm, to do work always always and you, we always did that mm. sort of thing yeah even now at, at Sky when speaking to one of our, our bosses about WSL I was like there's only one person you have to have to come and work on that and like it is it Lindsay is Hooper and I'm sure you were already in their mind anyway but again it's just freshing it's someone's that memory support, isn't it because it's that support you're brave but what you don't do is you don't call people i'm here i want to do this i want to do that i don't think either you don't, you i don't, don't think any of us forward. have been great at that no, but but no. we have to ask why i don't we and that's you know perhaps yeah. a conversation for a little bit later or or another, another time. time but but it is especially back in the day it was not cool to be grabby at sky it was no. not cool we just had to be grateful, grateful. to be there yeah. Yeah. and yeah. so there is a bit of conditioning in that um i'm, I'm going to ask you to be brief on the next bit so we've had your low point Haley, and you know thank you for being really honest about that i'm sure loads of listeners will be able to identify either personally or through someone they know can i take a high point from you the different people that we've met and the different people that we've had working on the podcast and then you see where they've gone since and you bump into them we're sitting in the offices here today at the athletic and we've got harrier i remember it was just this young fresh-faced like super knowledgeable and she won't mind saying it geeky but cool <laughs> up-and-coming journalist who was just desperate to work in the industry and and you guys and what you do for the for the website and and the twitter account which i don't have anything to do with i'm just a fan like everybody else is giving people these opportunities and seeing them grow yeah, and flourish so it's like when you don't have your own kids yet you've got kids coming through yes. in the industry and, and it's think, been 10 really years of it bloody now proud. Lynch as well it's yeah. not just harriet you know I, I know that um well lots have turned up for sky there's charlotte dunker who's now at the times i mean there are so many to mention really as well there's yeah. um uh, Olivia and Rebecca who are at Premier League Productions there are so many I, I, I mean and I'm and I'm you know it isn't all about us at all but it's it's about either giving them experience within yeah. the industry or giving them a platform to write on through the website and seeing some of those talents flourish and it is incredible mm. and I think also just the fun we have and we're relaxed we feel we can be open and 
it gives me a lot of joy and, and happiness. And one thing I just did want to add, Andy Cairns, who was the boss at Sports News, who wasn't really behind us. He won't care. He won't mind me saying it. He's not there anymore. I am pulling he, a face yeah, at Hayley he, at the moment, he, by the he way. He wasn't all that keen on, on, the, on the podcast. But I remember going into his office and he was like, what, you know, what are you doing with this? And I explained. He went, okay, he said, and it makes you happy and you enjoy doing it. I said, yes. I said, and I'm never going to say anything to, to, you know, out of turn. I said, I'll promote everything Only we now. do. And he said, <laughs> okay. He said, if it makes you happy, just go on then, basically. You know, like you're a parent, you have a child that's up to no yeah. good. What we have seen is more women on football podcasts. So if you're in that football podcasting area, you'll know that there are many, many, many offerings. And suddenly we've got a few more female voices, but we are still the only all-female fronted show. And there are very rarely shows that are dominated. So whereby you'd have a host and a guest that are that are women. And when you think of how many thousands of podcasts there are, I find it incredible that we're still the only one that is all female. Mm. But I find it even more incredible that it's still one woman on a panel, which feels to me very token still. So I get a lot of calls about going on to different shows. Maybe there aren't enough women out there. I don't believe that. I think there are enough knowledgeable women out there. And it just means that we've got to try and break up these boys clubs. Because sometimes when you're listening, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a boys club. Mm. And in order for the industry to reflect society and and reflect the stadiums and the fans that are going there then we need to break that up a little bit um, and as much as we have looked after each other we've also opened doors other companies you know the athletic have been brilliant for us muddy knees prior to the, it being the athletic were fantastic at doing that mm. but you know that's what we want to see more of so my low point is linked to that which is the fact that the offside rule still this is 10 years on and still people think we're talking about women's football. Yeah, that's a bugbear. They're like, well, because we're women talking about football, it must be a women's football podcast. No, yes. no, no, no. And for 10 years, we've we've definitely been there very early on giving the women's game praise yeah. and the recognition and we've covered it. Um, we've only had the designated women's show for a few years. So we certainly had it included on the show. But actually... The, the majority, 80% of this show has mm. been about us talking about men's football. Mm. Um, I think it's about time we brought some more women onto this podcast. So stay tuned. In a minute, we'll hear from the Athletics, Laura Williamson and Harriet Drudge. Before we head over to Laura and Harriet, a quick reminder that you can access the Athletic Women's Football Podcast. Lindsay just mentioned it there. It's a designated WSL show. And this week, Lindsay is joined by the former Lioness and Manchester City goalkeeper, Karen Bardsley, and the Athletic's Art de Rocher, a man, uh, to digest the women's WSL action. And um, to talk about periods, bless yes, him, exactly. for a second time. Art on periods for a second <laughs> time is definitely worth listening to. Uh, that is a discussion stemming uh, from endometriosis and um, what's happened to Emma Hayes over the last week mm. uh, there's also chat about red cards and online abuse as well thrown into that so check it out the Athletic Women's Football Podcast Well, let's say hello now then to the Athletics' Harriet Drudge and Laura Williamson, both of whom have history with the podcast. We've leaned into this a little bit with you, Harriet. We've got a formal mentorship now um, with the offside rule. In fact, Laura is one of our mentors. But Harriet, you are one of the people who joined the team very early on. You answered an advert on Twitter, I think, was it, Lindsay? No. No? No. What did, what did she do? Harriet's much more forthright than that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's find out about that then um what appealed to you about the offside rule Harriet when you first heard about it um I think the fact that it was led by three women in the industry definitely um and I was keen on getting involved in social media and I was actually sent um I think Lindsay put out a tweet uh, I hadn't seen the tweet myself but I was at university um and I was involved in all this kind of sport media there and the editor of the radio station had sent it to me and said, this sounds like a bit of you. Get in touch with Lindsay. Uh, so I emailed Lindsay. Um, and I, I, she's looking at me as if she, she remembers a lot more about this than I do. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I basically, I emailed Lindsay about it. I 
think. But there were lots of other things that I'd emailed her about. It wasn't just about it. Do you know what I do remember about it? And I know that you've used this since. And when you go and do talks, and because Harriet's now super successful, she can go mm-hmm. around and tell everyone else how to do what she Lecture did. Lecture people. Yeah. But I, I will tell you what stood out is when I had a detailed email from Harriet. And I think if anyone listening wants to get involved in the football industry, and certainly in the media... What she did was tell me what she could do for us, not what we could do for her. Oh, and I loved good. that. I loved it because what she did was say, look, I've, I've seen this. I've done some research. I've shown you that I know what you're doing, that I'm not just blagging and I'm not just, you know, getting in touch with everybody and anyone. I'm invested. So I think that's really important when people get in touch that they're invested in your mm. show and your product. And that they don't just want to meet Hayley. And they don't just want to meet Hayley. <laughs> we do, we which, do get that quite which, a lot. Which honestly is how yeah, yeah, yeah. the 17-year-old um, boys that all apply. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Although, but, no, um, I 10 think, years ago. I my think youth. for anyone wanting work experience <laughs> or to get involved, if you mm-hmm. can say, look, what I'll do is I'll take this off your hands. I'll take mm-hmm. charge of that. I'll do this. I can give you this many hours. And I was like, yeah, you're going to make my life easier so um yeah come on board laura for you do you remember coming on the offside rule i mean this was back in the early days mm. i think you did you come into sky had yeah. you done a show at sky yeah um sky. what did you think about the offside rule because those were you, you know early that days. was really really early on well again it was just so powerful having three women doing that sort of show because it just it just didn't exist mm-hmm. um and I do I remember I remember coming into Sky and um just having a lovely chat and me telling stories about I think it was Stuart Pierce at West Ham or something <laughs> <laughs> I remember and and just that sort of you know you got it which you know not everyone does yeah, it's true you were working at the Daily Mail at that time mm-hmm. you were attending lots of press conferences you were on the beat uh, certainly to a certain extent what was the environment like for you as a sports journal at that time it was I just was the elephant in the room all the time um, because I was young I was northern I was female and I was covering London football and I just didn't look like anybody else um, so you know I quickly was that you know that girl from the mail um, and I had some brilliant opportunities and I loved it but you know, getting over that hurdle of I just don't look like anybody else um, was 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 really hard. And but thank God for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. How did you get over it, or or did you? Um, I think I just I tr- just tried to use it to my advantage that I I did stand out and people did remember me. Um, I mean, obviously that comes with its own pressures in that you know if you ask a stupid question, people remember mm-hmm. it too. Um, but I I think I just tried to lean into it. Um, and yeah, use it to my advantage. And I had a, I mean, it was it was such a great time because I, I got to do you know lovely things like cover Fulham on the way to the Europa League final and did every match and went all the way. And then it was 2012 Olympics and um, I, you know had this great job where I just went and wrote about interesting things. Mm. Um, did anyone tell you not to do it? Did anyone say, look, I don't know why you're doing this? You think about working working on the beauty page or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that is really cliche. No, but, honestly. but it's true. I mean, I remember doing work experience up in um, up in Newcastle, and and I was on the news desk, and I kept banging on about you know I want to cover some football, especially in you know such a great city. Um, and I, and in the end, everyone kept ignoring me, so I thought I'm going over. So I went over to the sports desk and um and said who I was and what I wanted to do and and um looked me up and down and he went not in a skirt um and I was like oh excellent that's lovely um and I th- you know I thought I'm gonna get you and then so I kept going and kept going and then ended up um up in the northeast with the mail and I thought I'm gonna go and introduce myself so I did. Good. <laughs> I don't know if we you like remember that. me, but you said we I wasn't like going to come anywhere back. near you. Goodness me. Um, um, Harriet, yeah. for you, so you um, you work with us um, across social media, but then you also started to get really into writing. You're a great writer. You were doing a lot, lots of sub-editing. But you, you've basically done one of every job um, yeah. uh, at the offside rule. You started working for 442. And tell me tell me about your journey did you start out with any element of what Laura's just been talking about or do you think because because it was 10 years later effectively this is this is a decade difference between the times that you're talking about was it a different environment for you um I think people were a bit more aware and were more willing to help aware of the lawsuits Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think I think people were more aware and I'd never had anything directed me 
directed at me that was like not in a skirt I mean I didn't wear many skirts <laughs> to be perfectly honest but um so I, I was actually when I started with Offside Rule um I was on my placement year from university at the Football Foundation and um I had I was lucky to work with lots of kind of male allies as well so mm-hmm. I you know and that that was something that you know I was really lucky to have there um and I had you as well I had all, all three of you uh, kind of on my side and I could always talk to you and I always felt that I was supported and I, I you know I'm, I feel lucky in that respect mm. and I feel like now 10 years on from that as well I feel like there are a lot more kind of official schemes the mm. the offside rule mentorship women in football uh, mentor scheme as well um, you took me to my first women in football meet as well because that was something that I'd seen on television. There was the documentary that had, had come out, the Women mm. in Football documentary. And I, I wrote an article about it actually at the time because it was all focused on professional and working in football. And I was a player, I, I was I was gonna say just a player, but I was a player at the time and I'd experienced sexism there, um, mostly with referees. So oh, that's wow. where I got the uh, the comments when I was playing more so than, than when I was trying to make it into the industry. Uh, I remember I was playing in one match um, for university and I got taken out off the ball like in my ribs and the, there was nothing given and the referee came up to me afterwards and he said oh sorry about that one Skip if it had been a proper match I would have sent her off and I was just like what do you mean by proper match this is like an official league you know, Bucks league match and I think if he meant if it was a men's if game it was a men's game <gasps> yeah I'd have sent her off. and I still I God. still play now and it's still something that I you experience need to find as a player. Need to send Laura. <laughs> yeah. need to send, um, send Laura yeah. to him. Yeah. I, I, think he's, I think he's probably dead. Oh, um, <laughs> he was that old. <laughs> um, but we still experience that now, like with my, my club. Um, it's very rare that we get any bookings in, in our matches because quite often, and it is male referees who say this to us, it's, oh, she didn't mean it. She didn't mean it. So because she's a girl, because she, she couldn't yeah, mean no, it, right? couldn't mean it, couldn't mean it. Um, You're missing a trick here, aren't you, Harry? <laughs> yeah. oh, no. yeah. Should be slicing them in. Um, so that's interesting. She's, so, she does. Yeah. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> like sometimes you've just got to work the situation to your advantage. I've um, played with Harriet before. So it sounds <laughs> like, look, if we to talk about journalism and, and broadcasting broadly as well, um, it sounds like there are still, you know, there is still quite a lot to work on in terms of the grassroots game, but in a more professional environment. And, and you guys have been great at this at The Athletic as well. You know, putting putting money into hiring really good women not just yourselves but Sarah Shepherd is another and there are countless other journalists now younger journalists coming through and I know Laura you're a big advocate you know when I asked you to help with the mentorship at the offside rule that was a very natural fit for you because that's something you do at the athletic as well yeah we've we've really gone out of our way to um, try and find good young female talent because unless unless you, you know you've done a, a master's in journalism or whatever then there's quite a lot of schemes that are closed off to you. And mm. that's ridiculous because you don't need a master's in journalism to be a journalist, <laughs> in my opinion. So we, we needed to find a way of getting to this big cohort of um, young, talented women. Not necessarily young either, to be honest. Just young, just women who, um, who want to get into this industry. We tr- so we've tried to break down the barriers by holding these um, talent ID days. And we've had three, I think, now just for um, female applicants. Mm. And... They're just the most positive days, aren't they? Yeah. It, it sounds really, it sounds really soppy, but there's something so powerful about having a room full of women that love football, and mm. <laughs> and you know, the, there's different levels of experience in there. But to have women in the majority is is so mm. powerful. And we've we've yeah, we've managed to recruit um, lots of different women for lots of different roles. Um, and it's 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 something I'm very passionate about because I had um, as Harriet was talking about earlier, I had female um, people to look up to that were really helpful to me. And that idea of um, you know not not getting up there and pulling the ladder up and making mm. sure nobody else mm. gets there, mm. it's just because people do do that, and it's so important. Um, it's so important to um, to share whatever you've learned along the way. Yeah, <laughs> role models are really important, and I'm not you know blowing smoke up anyone's bottom by saying role model, but anyone who works within the industry who is a woman is a role model in their own way to whoever it is that's coming sort of after them basically or that's looking up to them whether that person's older or younger it does not matter 
What about the biggest hurdles still in our way? Because I think I'm, I'm, you know, I want to point out that it's still not there yet. Uh, we're still not finished on this project or, you know, perhaps that's just life. I don't know. Hayley, to throw you into this, what are the biggest hurdles in our way still when we talk about women in the industry? I think for me in broadcasting and being front of camera, now it's, it's an age thing. I'm over the age of 40 and my, my hurdle is now, like, how long am I going to last? And when I've so gone- ageism. Ageism. I've gone to ask about doing certain things, anchoring certain things that I feel like I have been building up to do. And then you have someone turn around and say, oh, we're freshening things up. Well, what does that mean? How, how, I mean, I've heard that before. I'm sure you have, Lindsay. I don't know whether you guys have Laura and Harriet as well, but freshening up basically means, mm. sorry, but you're- but you've been on this network for too long. We want someone young and exciting who's going to help mm. our ratings. I, th I think as well, in our experience, often that means freshening up the women in particular. I think women get replaced with women who are a decade younger or a decade younger than them. Um, and often the male anchors are holding on to those jobs for a very long time. So I think my my biggest concern for people coming into the industry is we know what life's like at the moment. We know what this awful situation with the cost of living crisis and everything is, is like. But you want to come into something for a career. And I think the word career means a long time. That means until retirement. And even as I'm sat here now, I don't know that I, I don't actually, I would go as far as to say, I doubt I will do this job until retirement. I doubt that you will, Hayley, and I doubt that you will. And I doubt that both of you might not. And that's awful. Like, that makes well, me feel really well, I've low. I've had to change my job. I mean, well, you've I, changed I, your job. I mean, you might be okay because I mean, you've gone I don't, down the... I don't, I don't predominantly work in TV now and I don't predominantly work in sport now. And there's, and there's a reason And I think that. in news, which is now, news and current affairs, which now you're working in more, there is more respect for women that are older because yeah. Yeah. you've got more experience. Yeah. Whereas I think that's still it's not still the case lacking in sport. In sport. And, and maybe that's also addressing mm. the fact that we're not seeing, if you're a male anchor or a male reporter or a male... Uh, working in football, you're seen as knowing your stuff. You're seen as an expert. And I don't know whether the expert tag is, is, there is still yet? there. Yeah. I'm very lucky because I'm at the moment doing a lot more corporate stuff than I have ever done before. And I've been asked constantly to do that. So in one respect, I'm like, ah, okay. So they're using me that more than I would have done 10 years ago because, because I'm experienced an and I'm authority. a little bit older. And, yeah. and hopefully so, yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong, there has to be room for younger people and younger women because we were all that person mm. once mm. but it is just sometimes hard to take when you think oh I think I would like to be doing that or I should be doing this and yeah. and decisions and are, it doesn't are, feel like a coincidence yeah. when every new person coming in is 10 or 15 years younger than you and um, there's also still a big gap in terms of ethnically diverse women working in the industry as well across all platforms really not just the industry remember the podcast is all about football let's shine a light on football itself we've spoken about the men's game on this show for 10 years and still not even as an assistant in the Premier League or the EFL, if I seen an assistant manager that's female. So let's look at women that are coaches, that are officials. The fact we can still name Sean Massey, and mm. there just aren't enough. Yeah. And I think football in its whole fabric needs to change. And what we're talking about needs to change in order for everything else to follow suit. Mm. Harriet, for you, biggest hurdles you think still in our way, and I'll use the hour as the sort of collective hour. Um, I think... I think going back to the talent ID days that we've we've done uh, at the Athletic, we've we've done them because um, when we want to hire, we don't often get people uh, and women in particular applying for the jobs in the first place. Mm -hmm. So we've got you know lots of applications, 200 applications, three or four from from women. So I think we've still got work to do in terms of you know publicising the pipeline. Um, and is that about confidence? Because I, because yes, I still, think, I still yeah. think because it's ingrained. Even if you're a kid, even if you're a 16 to 18 year old girl, it's still ingrained that you. It's that it's that age old age old adage. But it particularly when it comes to sports knowledge, um, comes into force that a woman will have to tick every single criteria on the application process. Um, a man generally will have to only tick 60% of them and he's applied for the job. Yeah, definitely. That's, it's not just about promoting the pipeline, it's about you know, promoting the, fact, uh, the confidence to apply for it in the first place um, and making sure that, you know, that people just go for it anyway. Because, I mean, when I was applying for, for jobs, I definitely came up across, like, I felt that. 
I was like, well, I can't do that last bullet point, so they're not going to want me. Mm-hmm. So, but I kind of pushed through it, and you've got to. Yeah. Like it's it's almost a a pre a pre stage imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, but if yes, you're not, absolutely yeah. is, and you actually have to go into it thinking there's a man applying for this role who will only meet half this criteria. And if he gets a go, then so do I. And that's, yeah. that, that's absolutely the way you have to approach it. But my God, it's taken me 10 years, if not longer, <laughs> yeah. to get to that point. Um, Laura, what about you? I think it's women in senior positions, a bit like Lindsay was saying. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, in, in print media, I mean, it's diabolical. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there is a woman in a at a senior editorial position in sport in sport now I've left the mail um which is atrocious apart from at the athletic yes yeah, but yeah, <laughs> in digital media yeah. yeah um I think I think that's that's a real really big area because you know just the that means there's no woman in the room you know and that you know the court case is going on at the moment there's in in discussion in editorial discussions about how you cover these things there's no yeah. woman this there's is, no woman in the room footballers mm. who are accused of rape yeah. Yeah. Um, and how important it is to make sure that that's a, a level conversation behind the scenes but also what you output is Absolutely. level in its Absolutely. in its approach and there's no there's there's no women in those in those discussions which is just it's just staggering <laughs> and maybe not even reading what's going on it's not it's it's the decision making but it's also in in reading some of these articles as well because you know that's that's something that we do here at the athletic is if there is a topic that is you know sensitive around a a topic like this then you'll read it Mm. I've quite often read it and then a colleague you know on the news team or another journalist will will read it um, to make sure that you know when we're making sure that we've got the right tone, we've got the right information, and we are, you know, not alienating an audience for one thing, mm. and not doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. Mm. Um, we're not, you know, not unintentionally or almost with an unconscious bias, mm. you know, diminishing anything yeah. um, and making sure we report it properly. Yeah. There was quite a powerful um, moment for me a few months ago that um, I remember ten years ago writing at length about. Um, Sean Massey and and her experiences um, with a with a, a male editor who was very much behind me, but I you know it was a it was a guy I was talking to to discuss my pieces, and then whatever it was that Karen Carney and the leads uh, the lead social media account that incident, um, mm-hmm. it was then me commissioning a female reporter to to write the comment piece on that. And she probably thought I was completely off my head, but I was like, we just need to take a moment to to realise this that you know that this is you and this is me, and we have come on somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. That, but mm. that that experience needs to be repeated a lot more yeah. across the industry. Yeah. So one eye on the future, then, just to round this off, Lindsay, for you, where does the offside rule go? Where does the industry go? Let's let's think about encouraging ambitions really or things that we'd like to see out there that that are immediately achievable that that need to happen well we've already spoken about the fact that we dropped the we get it from the offside rule (laughs) and isn't that great that we've been able to do that it goes back to Sean Massey again doesn't it they accept that we get it that we do understand now so I think that's one barrier down um I still think there's so so much that we've got to talk about we are going to be changing the offside rule and Anyone that's been used to its current format, which has been centred around three topics in football, um, maybe from that weekend or previewing the next one, it isn't going to sound exactly the same because we feel that this has moved on. What we don't want to lose is the fact that we can showcase what we know. Um, I think showing that we have an opinion, showing that we have knowledge and that we work in the game is really important. But I also if think... If only for the behind-the-scenes action. Yeah. Lindsay, if, only, if only for the story of a journey. Quite yeah. a bit, yes. Um, but I think also it's important that we talk about issues as well mm. and um, make sure that there is that female voice in the room mm. and that we can be used as a sounding board or maybe even used to try and be a vehicle for yeah. change at times. Last word to you, Hayley, to sum it up. What do you want to see more of? Where does this go? More listeners, more subscribers, <laughs> more people well, getting involved, on more that opinions. Note, but actually, can I just say, because we, in the whole of this, yeah. we've been doing this 10 years mm-hmm. and I won't name the podcast, but I listen to lots of other podcasts 
And when we say about being front and center and asking for something, mm-hmm. so many podcasts that are hosted by men start with a, can can I ask you a favor right now? Whatever you're doing, will you stop? Will you give us a follow? If you're, I'm just typing they, this out they on the script right they now. They state as well the percentage, you know, at the moment we know that 80% of people listening to this show don't actually hit the follow or subscribe. But if you do, we'll get better guests on this show. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you heard those ones? Have so you heard it? We don't do it in 10 Years. Emotional blackmail. And put, you got the guests anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but but we've, we've put the odd one out. Can you give us a five-star review? Because it helps us shoot up the iTunes chart. I'm not saying that we've never done that. Of course we have. But I don't know whether we're savvy enough. So, um, so Haley's point is, is a pertinent yeah, one. Yeah. I think if you've enjoyed us the last 10 years, who knows if we'll be able to go another 10. Um, actually, the listening base, the figures, and the follow numbers are important. Yeah. So, mm. if you can do that for us on our ten-year anniversary, please do. Mm. Also important engagement. So there are us three having a chat. We have our opinions, and we quite often get tweets with people expressing their opinions afterwards. Oh, I agree with Lindsay Haley. What are you on about? You still it's haven't got Harland. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is to be fair, but. If you are listening and you do want to get a bit more involved or if certain things you want us to talk about, if there's something you've seen over the weekend that you think, oh, I'd, I'd love to have your take on that. Yeah, tag just us to, in. Just to get a little bit involved. And, and we uh, want it enjoy. to be fun as well as, yeah. you know, when I say issues, I think sometimes issues, we're all looking at you, Kate, you work in news and current affairs, <laughs> don't know how you do it, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, we don't want it to just be dour. So no. we also want fun stuff. and yeah. um, Fun stuff and important conversations yeah. as well, yeah. which, which reflects some of the experience we've had in life and of course in the industry as well listen thank you so much for everyone uh, getting involved with this 10-year anniversary you can follow us on at offside rule pod and as Lindsay said get subscribing please if you can our thanks to the athletics harriet drudge and laura williamson a um, huge pre- pleasure to speak to both of you and to my two best buddies Hayley mcqueen yeah. and Lindsay hooper it's me kate never also signing my high you never asked me for my hi. Oh, God. Well, I can because it's really quick. Go on, then. It's friendship. The oh, friendship. Yeah. The high. Oh. oh, Laura actually looks like she might well. Oh, where's the champagne? <laughs> 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 uh, on that note, yeah. uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, don't forget to get involved, as Hayley said. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletics football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Athletic. 